You're listening to your Black Kings MBA podcast with David and Kane. <laughs> Kane, yeah. No time to waste. We have so many topics. No time for pleasantries. Let's get into it. <laughs> you tell me how you're doing later after the show, okay? After show. But our listeners wants to know. Yes, they want to know. First topic. What did you have for dinner? I'm not gonna say. You're gonna make fun of me. You're gonna make fun of me, okay? That's something fancy. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I had something fancy. Something fit for a black king. Ooh. Let's start with this. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Kyrie Irving has been uh, the torchbearer for uh, being an advocate to change the NBA logo to Kobe Bryant. So replacing Jerry West with Kobe Bryant. And this is part of his black king's narrative. So I have two questions for you right off the top. One, are, uh, what is this black king's uh, can you explain it to me? Because I'm not quite sure. And two, do you think it's time for the NBA to replace that old, decrepit white man, Jerry West, with the Black King, aka LeBron James? I think, simply put, Kyrie referring to Black Kings is referring to the history of the NBA and how it's been primarily Black people that have uh, hoisted the NBA to the massive popular heights that is now it's a reason why two asians <laughs> from australia and you know and china or canada or you know any other country in the, in the world are so fascinated with this game um it was popularized uh you know you can go back a long time and yes jerry west is part of that you know old old school but then you got bill russell you have uh, elgin baylor you have magic johnson you have uh, Michael Jordan and obviously Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace. They have built this 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 great game that we know about, and, and I think when you think of all the kind of the top players in the NBA, you think of um, you know your heroes, the people you look up to. They are black people, and I think that's what Kyrie is referring to as you know in terms of the Black Kings. You know, maybe people don't like to think about it that way. People don't like to think of Jerry West as an old white man, and it needs to be replaced. There's some sentimental value to that, and I probably do understand because, obviously, it's current. It is the current NBA logo, and people are emotional to that. It's tradition, right? It's it is the way it is. Um, but is it time for? I mean, to change the logo. I mean, this is a conversation that's been going on for a long time, and I think Michael Jordan, as long as he's around, as long as he's still part of the game, he's always going to be part of that conversation because. Um, as much as people love to talk about in the 70s, Michael, uh, sorry, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird helped kind of take the NBA to new heights. Michael Jordan, to most people, I think in this generation and, and probably ongoing, is going to consider him as the GOAT. Um, and LeBron James is going to get some love, but current players, I think, don't qualify it because it's just a bit too recent. Like it's a bit too fresh in the minds. Like it's a bit unfair because of the recency. So, look, I think NBA could do with a new logo. I don't think anyone's going to be against it. I think Kobe is a good choice. I don't think he's the best choice for a lot of reasons that, you know, if we, if we want to get into, we can. But I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty deep argument, I think, um, for, for and against. Um, but definitely a new logo, I don't mind. I think the, the whole thing about Kyrie is saying that the Black Kings is, is, is relevant. And I think it... I think it's, yeah, I think it's true. I think to a lot of people, this is something that people really want to see. 
I'm going to have to agree with you on this. Kyrie, obviously, is a disciple of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, totally. Maybe it is time for a new NBA logo. And I think Kyrie has, uh, has a good point there. So I looked, I checked up the, the NBA logo, and the current logo has been around since, I believe, the late 60s. I think 69. Oh, okay. The previous logos were all like just a basketball. <laughs> Until they decided to do the silhouette. It's iconic. It definitely is iconic though. And there's some value in that, having that heritage and lineage. But I feel like the game is so different from what it was in 69, mm. when you had a bunch of mm. skinny white guys uh, dribbling around in circles. Dribbling the ball, yeah. It's the type of sensational game that we have today that maybe it is time totally. to have an update. And I think importantly, the racial makeup uh, of the NBA in 1969 is totally different than what it is today. Jerry West, I mean, he's a good choice for the logo, but I feel like, okay, let's have better representation of a play an iconic player that represents the, the modern league. Give credit to the NBA for choosing Jerry West because he's been a champion for the game. He's been a part of the game his entire life. If, you know, they could have gone with, you know, bad choices, you know, they could have totally chosen a player that um, was great back then, but just didn't, didn't uh, continue with the game or left the game or did some bad things that made him, made the, you know, by comparison, made the NBA look bad because they chose him as a silhouette. So give the NBA some credit there, right? Because they chose the right representative to be that. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I totally agree. I just, I think no one, the majority of people aren't going to be against a new logo, especially if it is of, you know, one of the more recent kind of guys that people support, like, or they really want, like an MJ, uh, you know, even a Magic Johnson. I don't know what that silhouette would look like, but, uh, you know, Kobe, obviously. But all these guys, you know, like, I know it's it's hard to say because everyone has their baggage, but it's just all these guys, you, you start to count them out because you look at their sordid past, you look at the history and think like, oh, okay, you can't have this guy being so obvious as the NBA logo, or you can't have this guy as the NBA logo because of this this reason. MJ, to me, is, the, is I guess, the cleanest, you know? Like, he has a bit of a pass, but I, I don't know. He's the cleanest, and he has a resume to back it up. That's why I have to go with M MJ. Look, we need to go with the original Black King, LeBron James. MJ has a respectable record off the court. But LeBron James, okay, different level. LeBron James is building schools. LeBron James yeah. is donating. LeBron James... It is serving pizzas, that nutritious food, a blaze pizza, okay? Nutri yes. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just for me, it's just, it, it's, too con it's too soon to call LeBron that because Michael Jordan has given his entire adult life to basketball. He's an owner now. He's the only minority owner, or he's only one of two minor minority owners that are not, not white to own an NBA team. That's credit. That's credit to him for building an empire large enough to get into this, you know, white family, this white owner group, um, ownership group. So I think he does deserve a lot of credit off the court. I, I think, uh, you know, when he was playing and he had like a bit of some transgressions with gambling and uh, I mean, it was nothing ever 
terrible, right? Like it wasn't sexual assault or domestic violence. It wasn't that level, right? There was a bit of cheating. It was mainly gambling. Yeah, sure. It's not legal, I guess, in America. It's not. He was gambling. It's not legal. It's things that make for a poor role model. But I wouldn't say those are things that you can't get like maybe to those family members, to his personal um, relationships. Yes, definitely strained. But I don't think it's anything that should mar you societally. And that's why that's why Kobe's out for me. That's why M, uh, Magic Johnson's out for me. Um, not that Magic Johnson did anything terrible, I suppose, but I just don't like his whole ethos. And uh, I, I, I just think, yeah, I, I think LeBron, you're right. Perfect, perfect player can be considered a GOAT. Can be, is the best role model for the type of star he is. Um, I think the NBA has ever seen, but I just think it's too soon. If, if you want to ch- make an NBA logo change in the next few years, I think you can't give it to a current player. Unfortunately, it's just it seems like you're carrying. Fa- it's it's like a conflict of interest almost that a guy is still playing the game is now the logo, <laughs> the NBA. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who's like, we all know who is the face of the, of the league, but do we have to make him the freaking logo? Right. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I know he's getting up there in age, but like, like how obvious do you want to be? Then the logo shouldn't be a silhouette. It should be just like the face of LeBron. It'd be like a screen printed <laughs> face. I just don't think it's realistic. And MJ also, also the 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 cool thing is MJ already has a logo with his silhouette, so you can see that. Oh, good you know, point. you can already see that going across already. Oh my god, you just mentioned that. Oh, that is an excellent point. Although there might be some licensing conflict with Nike. No, no, they'll change it up. They'll, they'll make do something else. I guess they wouldn't have the same logo, but. But imagine the Jumpman logo. As the <sighs> NBA logo, that's hot. Well, that's what people. Have I done. like it. That's I like mo- it. people have mocked that up for like for decades. Oh, really? I haven't seen this, but I like that. I like that idea. LeBron has one too. LeBron has the cockback tomahawk jam as well. That's been a silhouette. I say the iconic LeBron James logo. It's a little bit more difficult. It'd be a little bit more difficult because his iconic move is the block, right? But then you would need to include. Iguodala's head in the so. silhouette in the, in the logo. <laughs> That'd be kind of odd. <laughs> it could be the powder toss as well, I suppose, but it's, it's a bit wide, I suppose. That's a bit specific to LeBron though, right? All right. Because see, it's only LeBron that does, like, I mean, that's iconic LeBron, but it's a little bit too, although, you know, yeah. you can argue the jump man, it'd be, you know, just Michael Jordan as well. Oh, you can't be the John Man, obviously. John Man's already a logo owned by Nike, so th- like that probably won't fly. Right. Well, I don't know, like maybe that whatever. But I, I, I wouldn't like that to be honest. I, I, I just, I just wanted to transition because look, uh, we were talking about Nike and uh, the NBA, and you know whether maybe the Jump Man can be the NBA logo, and that would be some type of partnership and be very lucrative at one. But we'll see. Uh, but. Uh, look, I'm transitioning on to the next topic, and this is really what's been making me super excited for the last week since I learned about it. I don't know if you've done some research into it, but the thing that's been the craze in NBA Twitter and just the cryptocurrency world and this whole new digital currency and trading card uh, hoopla that's been happening is called NBA Top Shot. And 
for people that haven't heard about it, it's basically digital trading cards on a website that people will buy for thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and basically, it's just these cards that's on the website and they show highlights. Um, and it'll be highlights of just one, one person. Like it'll be, I don't know, Jordan Clarkson, it'll be a Jordan Clarkson highlight. Jordan Clarkson hitting a three-pointer. $10,000. Uh, or Rudy, $10,000. Or Rudy Gobert blocking a shot. $50,000. $20,000. Or Zion Williamson going uh, dunking it, two hundred thousand USD, right? So Jared Smith running the opposite side of the court, priceless. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and it just kind of made me think like this because this is actually a partnership. Did you know this is actually a partnership between uh, the NBA and and this company? I suppose this company has built this program and they're giving back a percentage of the money to the NBA PA. So the players are getting a cut of that. That's why they're able to use the licensing. So as my official non-accredited financial advisor, I need to ask you a few questions about Top Shots. Uh, firstly, do you get just a URL to the website or do you get an actual video file that you can put on your hard drive and you can view it at any time? No, you can only ever, ever see this highlight, your card, if you will, uh, on the website. So. Yeah, it's just on a URL basically and a serial number. A serial number that belongs to you. And then whenever anyone views that highlight with your serial number, it'll say owned by whatever your username is. But you don't have, you like, you don't own rights to it. Like, it's not like, it's not like you own that plane forever. It's more like, because, uh, you know, people say like, oh, I just see that, I'll just see that highlight on YouTube. Yeah, you can. This is just a trading, digital trading card that with highlights basically with a video. So what are you paying for? You're saying that anybody can then go to that URL, but they will see that it's owned by someone? Yeah, anyone can go to the URL. It will show the highlight, it will show the stats, it will show the serial number, and it will show the owner. And maybe you can purchase it. I don't think you have to sell it, like you don't have to put it up for, um, for buying, but um, yeah, maybe there you can purchase it too if you really wanted to, um, like if, it go, if it's up an auction. But what, what are you owning though? You're saying like... You own the, I guess if you want to say you own that trading card, you own that trading card. <laughs> you own that digital trading what card. If, what if I buy it and I don't want other people to see it? Uh, I mean, who, who knows? Like maybe you can put it in your private stash or something. I don't know. Like I, I tried looking into it, but it's just so hard. I, I wanted to like maybe just dip into it and buy like a cheap card, but like they're also expensive. Like it's just currently just crazy. And um, I don't know if you ever bought trading cards, but some like back in the day when they were printed, they'll come in packs and you would, and the packs would be like in the cellophane, right? So you don't see what's inside. There'll be like nine cards in there. And then when you open it up, you then like, you know, the excitement of opening up and seeing what cards you get and the chance of maybe getting a rare one because the pack would cost, I don't know, 10 bucks, 11 bucks. But some of these cards are rare, like, you know, because they only make or print so many of these rare cards so that you're like, wow, I got one of 15,000 of these cards. Like that's, but this is what they're tapping into. You can buy these packs, which are all sold out at the moment or pretty much as long as this craze goes on. Um, they're all sold out, so you can't buy it anyway. But if you ever get a chance to get a pack, I think the, like it animates and it opens up and you see, and you click on each one and it, op and it tells you what you got. You got Malik Monk. Uh, you know, oh, half-court buzzer beater. You got, 
You got uh, Frank Kaminsky uh, assist. You got a Mason Plumley uh, turnover. So what? Why is it so popular? Can I sell these cards? How do I sell these cards? You can sell it on the marketplace. Like there's a marketplace on the NBA Top Shot website. You can um, sell and auction off, and people will just you know buy it if you have it available. Why I think it's valuable because it's tapping into this whole digital. It is crypto. It's ba it's built on a blockchain. Um, making it pretty secure. But what makes it so highly sought after is because of the scarcity, right? People want the cool Zion, Zion dunk, which, you know, only has 10,000, you know, 10,000 made. Um, they want the LeBron James highlights, you know, they want the Giannis highlights, they want the KD highlights, they want the top players. And also, you know, trading cards have been around for a long time. Like some trading cards... Uh, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, have great value. You get LeBron James rookie card, those ones, if it's minted and in, in really good condition, those ones go for thousands of dollars, right? You can buy a rookie card right now of um, maybe LaMelo Ball, and maybe that only costs two, I don't know, I'm making this up, for $500. But LaMelo Ball becomes a superstar in the future. That card is going to go up in value, you know, with a player. And, you know, it... it I know what you're saying, like, what's the point of this? What's the point of that? There's no real point. Um, it, it's tapping into the same sort of philosophy as the other, the you know, the normal tangible cards, but the NBA players are getting into it. NBA players are, like, buying, like, their own highlights and stuff as well, and they're selling it. Um, so, you know, the whole NBA community is behind this, and I think that's what is probably driving up the the craziness of it all. As we know, as a cohort, the NBA players are some of the most financially savvy people around, right? Antoine Walker, also a financial advisor. My question to you though, Kane, is what's drawing you to this top shot? Because from what you just described to me, this sounds like a stupid idea. Are these websites even going to be around in 10 years time? The thing with the trading card is that it's something tangible, right? Maybe not, but I, I thought you might be interested because if you've been to the website and, you know, we're designers, right? Like our traders design. And it just makes me think like you have to create a website that excites you. You can't just have a plain old thing and, you know, you just have these random rectangle cards with players' names on it. You need to make it visually appealing. You need to make the user experience really nice that people want to return to you want to create that gamification feel that people are like you know are getting rewarded for the efforts and stuff like that um i don't know i thought you as a designer might appreciate some of those but the question is in 10 years 15 years time is this current design going to be as antiquated as watching some like flash banner when we're all <laughs> we're all like watching this on like vr 12k resolution hdr and then you have like these like 1080p uh, little videos and little cute animations. I mean, for me, it was only I was only intrigued because um, it, it just like it's just it's just blowing up right now. So I was just I was just really interested to see what's blowing up. I wanted to see what all the excitement is about. I think you're right. Long term, it probably doesn't exist because I think the draw of having you know just tangible trading cards is that you get to own it, right? You get to actually hold it. You get to actually see it. I don't know, like the website form, digital form, something about that feels a little bit empty. Like you don't actually own it. It's like not with you, I suppose. It's in a digital space. It depends. It depends what people 
feel. But yeah, I don't think it'll be as big in five, ten years. But I don't think that matters. It's it's fun now. Like, don't forget about the future. Especially if you can't save it on your own hard drive. Like, can you think of a service that's been around for twenty years or fifteen years? No, I, I yeah, I, 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 I bought some MySpace card or GeoCities. <laughs> some yeah, GeoCities. Yeah, I mean, website. it just it just lives on a server. Yeah, I know it just lives on a server, but. I don't know, like, I mean, you're the same person that doesn't believe in Bitcoin. Like, well, what does it matter if it has value, if it's tangible or not? You know what I mean? Like whether it's digital, it will, whether it lives purely in the digital world or lives in the real world, as long as it has value. Well, with Bitcoin is decentralized, right? So that in this case, I just don't necessarily trust the NBA as the custodians of this asset in over the long term. No, yeah, I'm not arguing long term. I'm just talking about right now, like why you're questioning my interest in it. I'm saying that, you know, the interest, not only is it because you get to get kind of own digitally these NBA highlights of your favorite players and kind of taps into that whole culture of trading cards, but also it has immense value right now. It's like if you had your hands on any of these, it's worth a few, you know, a few hundred dollars at least for like, a, you know, a lesser player, let alone like a star player. So that, that's the difference, right? Trading cards back in the day, they're for kids. They cost like a couple of bucks a pack uh, mm. in the early 90s. The, yeah, yeah, and here kids. you're talking about things that cost hundreds of dollars for some obscure players or you know thousands of dollars for a known player. That might be kids too, by the way. I, I have to say, um, I might pay something for, for Kyrie Irving throwing, <laughs> walking around the, the court with his sage. That might be worth something. Me. <laughs> sentimental. It has sentimental value to me, Kang. <laughs> right. But I'm surprised you're into this. Playoff Kyrie. It costs hundreds of dollars. Like this is real money. I I don't have hundreds of dollars when you No, I haven't bought I haven't bought no, I haven't bought anything. I'm just uh no, I'm just interested in the concept. Have you told your it. wife about this? Uh yeah. And I because we know we're designers too, so I was discussing like the whole She's okay with this? Yeah, design design stage. It's just interest. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sinking any money into it. I'm just talking about interest. Oh, so you're not going to buy? I thought you're going. You, you say you're going to. You're looking to buy if you could. Oh, if I could, maybe. No, no, no. But I'm talking about the packs. The packs cost like nine bucks, but it's sold out. You just have to put it, be on a waiting list and like a lottery to get a pack. Like I'll buy a pack for sure, but. I, yeah, I'll buy a pack for sure. I wouldn't buy like a single card, right, I, you know, right. from the marketplace. That that I couldn't that I couldn't do. But yeah, right, if right. I could get a pack, if I could get hands on my on a pack and open it on Top Shot, then yes, definitely, hundred percent. Oh my god, this is so this is so pathetic. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is so pathetic. <laughs> like, sorry, if I had that money, I I'd, I'd uh, renew some uh, OnlyFans membership. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this people, I know, they've made like $200 million in profit now, right? Okay, how do we get involved they've in They've made this? like million. Oh. I, I want to announce right here to our listeners that uh, I'm starting, we're starting our own NBA Top Shot product. Kane is going to have his... <laughs> Doesn't even have to be NBA, just in... Kane is going to have his OnlyFans website. And for the cheap price <laughs> of $9, he'll do anything you want. Let's just start our, uh, your NBA podcast cryptocurrency. Yeah, let's do that. How do we even do that? I don't even know how to do that. You have some technical skills. I think this is beyond my skill set. That dot coin um, is like worth billions of dollars now in market cap. 
I think the market cap might be worth that, but its actual coin value is only like five cents. Right, right. I don't have any bitcoins, but uh, you mentioned to me earlier in the week that you were thinking of getting some additional coins, perhaps. Walk I I did actually. I did I did uh, <laughs> put it hundred dollars. Walk me through this, Kang. What's what's eating you? What's eating you? Why why are you doing this? Tell me. I'm here for you. Uh, it's going down. Uh, I think uh, apparently it's uh, it's called a market correction. Um, who knows what the floor is? But I thought I'll get in. It appears that the floor could be even lower uh, than it is currently, and I might have gotten in too early. So I didn't want to spend much. I just I was just like kind of playing around with it too because I signed up for a new trading platform. So I thought like oh, I'll just put in eighty dollars. It's like nothing basically. I can't even, I don't even know how much, but it's like 0.0001 Bitcoin or something like that. But I was just playing around with it. And then I thought, so much stress watching, like, I don't know how you do it with like the stocks, like company stocks, but it's just, you know, you with those websites on the tab, it like, it just constantly changing the number, like every millisecond, the number is going up and down, up and down. And I was like, you know, fucking hours of staring at it like, Okay, oh shall buy now, shall buy now, shall buy. You just like stare it's just at it? too much pressure. Okay, this is why, this is- Yeah, I was staring oh it for like God. an hour. I was, like, I was just like looking at different things. I was looking at different coins or like cryptocurrencies and like, I was getting too obsessed with it. So I was thinking like, if I, if, if I was obsessing over like 80 bucks, how, what would I be like if I, was up, if I put in like $10,000, Yeah. Know? Um, you know what I mean? So I was just like, nah, this, this is not for me. I, I can't. I can't do this even as a hobby. Like it was just, it would just consume me. So my little dabble in that is over. I'm actually glad to hear that because that's exactly- Well, that would be the case for anything though. That any investing, I, I think I just need to go the safe route. I think I just put my money in a bank and or I have a financial planner and just let them safely dole it out in bonds and blue chips and whatever. Yeah, you don't need a financial planner. Just get that. a nice- just get a nice stable, I know, I know, but you know, you get my point. Just get a nice stable return, um, minimal oversight and yeah. No, that's actually the, the proper way to do it. Cause this whole thing with Bitcoin, it's like <laughs> you say, you're driving yourself crazy cause you're constantly looking at it and there's so much volatility to the thing. And then you're gonna like drive yourself crazy thinking about what, what you lost, what you made. Yeah, I actually was going to get this other one. The other one. I was going to get this other one that's, that is the only one that's actually rising, actually. Mm. And I kind of felt a bit bad because I was like, oh. You didn't get it. I was, second, I was like seconds away from clicking it. But I was like, no, I'll just get Bitcoin. Because uh, I was like, whatever, I'll just get Bitcoin. Um, but I was going to get this other one that's the only thing rising. And I was like, oh, I should have just went with my instinct. But that's the thing. Like, who knows, right? Like, of course, if I had a fucking crystal ball, I would just get the one that... I know, but my instinct is, is, is not accurate. You know what I mean? Like my instinct is, a no I'm a novice right now. So my instinct is not something I can trust. Uh, you know, that's all I was thinking. Anyway, it is what it is. I'm not going to cry over it. Some, you know, out 30 bucks. Don't cry over it. It's, they're all going to zero. I think your previous attitude was correct in that you put in a bit of money and then it's just like your play money. If you lose it all, fine. And if you get 100K out of it, uh, fantastic, but you just keep writing it. Don't trade it. Because if you trade it, then it's like you're, yeah. you're likely just to get, 
incremental returns or no returns, uh, in which case, why not go with real stocks? If you're going to play crypto, shoot for the moon. Just write it out. Yeah, right. Write it out. Right. Until you hit your goal, yeah. which you told me it was like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> no, I think 100K. Because right now it's going down, but like it was kind of stabling at 10K. So if you can hit 100K on your investment, you cash out. Yeah. So if I can get 10 times more, then um, I'll cash out like 100K. Ooh, 10 times. Which is a lot. Ten, ten, it's 10 times, but, the, you know, they, they say the... It's possible. They say the upshot for Bitcoin is a mil. Look, you know where I stand on this. I think it's worth $0. But saying that before it hit $0, it could well make you 100K. I don't think it's inconceivable that it rises 10 times from its current value. But if you're asked to ask me what is it worth in 50 years, very well could be zero dollars. But I think before it hits zero, it could get a lot higher than it is now. Well, yeah, so. I mean, like they say, every investor needs an exit plan, right? There needs to be an end game. So yeah, my end game is 100K. 100K, I like if it. I get there, great. If, it's, if I don't, yeah, oh well. You know, the IELTS recently, I heard this thing about um, Isaac Newton. Apparently, there was some Ponzi scheme in, it, in his day wherein he invested his like life savings in it. And he got in at like 7,000. He put in like his life savings, which was like 7,000 pounds, like 300 years ago. Yeah, which is a lot of money. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And yeah. then he, his investment like tripled to about 20,000 pounds, at which point he right. said, whatever goes up can go down. So he... He thought it was prudent to cash out, and that's exactly what he did. He cashed out. But then that asset kept growing, and he had this fear of missing out sensation. So he went back in. He put back his... So he went back and in. And then he lost all his money. Uh, <laughs> he literally lost... Like, uh, Sir Isaac Newton, one of the, the most genius, brilliant man who ever lived on Earth. Interesting. I wasn't expecting you to put Sir Isaac Newton on blast uh, on today's episode. Well, it just goes to say, like, logic and emotions are two separate things. Being brilliant in one thing. Yeah, right. One of the smartest people. Exactly. Oh, for the time, at least. One of the smartest people during that time. Yeah. The father of modern physics. He can estimate the planets. He can do mathematics. He invented calculus. All that logic still... (laughs) has nothing really to do with uh, tap into your deep emotional sort of desires for a certain amount of greed. No, that's a good, uh, that's a good lesson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Isaac Newton has created a lot of lessons in life. And sometimes the best lesson is to learn from your own mistakes. Yeah. Anyway, let's get, let's get back to the NBA. Uh, our next topic. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. And uh, David does not do any drugs for the record. Let's get back to the NBA. <laughs> Let's talk about Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin currently playing well in the G League. Recently posted an Instagram message about yeah. Yeah. prejudice and racism towards Asian Americans. And one of the things that he revealed in that post is that he's been called, he said something to the fact that, you know, despite being an NBA player played in the league for like seven, eight years, 
Um, it didn't stop people from calling him coronavirus on the court. What's your take on this?、Mm. My impression of this is, I was a bit surprised, and more importantly, who is who is calling him coronavirus? I don't. I feel like that's not even a good insult. Yeah.、Uh, I mean, it, it, he said that he got called coronavirus on the court. We don't know if that was being called by professionals. We know when he. Came back to America to train to make an NBA comeback. He was playing in a lot of gyms and stuff like that, so it could have been caught in any number of, you know, scenarios.、Um, so we don't, we can't, we can't say for sure it was his, you know, G, G League、uh, team teammates or his G League、um, opponents and stuff like that. That's you know, obviously it wasn't NBA players because he didn't, I guess he didn't play in the NBA this this since the pa- pandemic. Um, you know, my take is obvious. It's it's not good. It's it's never good.、Um, I, I'm not going to really get into the whole double standard of things because you can read some of those comments where people are like, "Oh, you know me so soft. You're rich anyway." You know, like, I I think that's obvious. Like people shouldn't be reacting like that. It shouldn't matter your background. It shouldn't matter your wealth. People, you should treat everyone equally, right? That's that's the bottom line. Um, um, and you know, Jer- and like you know, I think Jeremy Lin has been such an advocate for the Asian community, not just Asian Americans or who he is, but just Asians in general. Like, really are、uh, rising up to his message, and I think Jeremy Lin's a great role model for th- for this.、Um, and he has been for so long, especially since he's been in the NBA for nine years and it's been in the spotlight. And, and also, this comes in direct response to all like. The the, the the hate crimes are happening recently, where Asians and Asian Americans are、uh, experiencing, and especially in America, I don't know of any hate crimes in Australia. Like I'm sure it happens, but it seems like it's been a trend in America recently, where people are showing、uh, attacks, physical attacks, and harm to Asian Americans, and people having to been taken to hospital, and you know. Terrible stuff like that. So, you know, you see that happening to your own people, your own skin color.、Um, that's hard to, you know, to see. That's hard, you know, especially if you're Jeremy Lin, one of the most famous Asian Americans. You're definitely. It's great that he's speaking out on that.、Um, but I think it's important that everyone speaks. And I think it has been. I've seen NBA posts talking about it. I've seen other companies putting posts on that.、Um, you know, talking about the Asian American community and how you know, it's it's all. One community. It's not, you know, it's not separate.、Um, so I think it's all important. I think it'll be great if, you know, other advocates of equality like LeBron James or Kevin Durant, if you know, stars of other races, you know, especially African Americans that are also a minority, speak out. That would be great.、Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this this can only go so far. I think with Jeremy Lin, but I I think it's it's a good step. I agree. As someone who has been a victim of vicious attacks by none other than my co-host, who called used the c word,、Jesus. used the c word, he told me that the c word was okay to say. You know what it is? I'm not gonna repeat it. And then he called me the c word. I was hurt. I was hurt by that. I was shocked and hurt by that. And I think、uh, okay, I, I don't like this bad picture you're painting of me. And I feel like. You're right. We, we need to. We、way. need to all stand 
up, all stand up together against racism and prejudice. And I think it's especially important for the NBA to do that. And that encompasses not only black players, but other players like Asian players, what few Asian players there are, or any other race uh, of players in, in the NBA. In the words of the great Bill Russell, you know, as an African American, you should never stand in the way of inclusion. Um, and Jeremy Lin, we know, has been, you know, on the brunt end of in some of this hate. And I don't say that it's all because of racism, right? I think it also is just because uh, some players might be a bit jealous of the success or the attention that someone like Jeremy Lin has received. In particular, I'm thinking about, I wouldn't say heroes, but one of the players that you followed in your childhood, Kenyon Martin, number one bust of the 2000 draft, who criticized Jeremy Lin yeah. for his hairstyle. I wouldn't say heroes at all, but yes. Yeah, I remember He that. said Jeremy Lin had dread... Uh, dreadlocks, the boy's name, the boy's last name is Lin. That's all he'll say. And he'll leave it at that. What is he implying? He's implying that as an Asian, you shouldn't be touching this. You sh you're making a joke of yourself. You're stealing from our culture. Kenny and Martin, who probably has an Asian tattoo, Asian character tattoo on That's what, yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, that's what, it, that was Jeremy Lin's comeback. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Cultural appropriation. The same reason I use dread, I wear dreadlocks, and I, um, you know, I'm, I, and also he got he, he talked with other hairstylists that were from you know African communities and talking and Jamaican communities that you know wear dreadlocks and understood this cultural significance of having that kind of hairstyle. He kind of did the research and did the homework to defend his 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 hairstyle statements and saying you know this is. Um, basically, cultural appropriation, similar to how you got uh, Chinese uh, characters on your on your body. Right, and I'm saying, why attack Jeremy Lin? Let's put aside the fact that that's probably not a good haircut for Jeremy Lin. I agree with that. But how about other people? How about those white rappers who talk like black people? Why is it okay for them to do it, but Jeremy Lin, as an Asian person? Probably not. Can't People do, do could probably get caught out in it. Okay, that's true. Yeah, no, I agree with your point, Large. I, I think, it, you know, people do, like, like if you see comments on social media and stuff, like, people are going to call out on that. But I, I, I'm getting your point because the large majority of people probably are more desensitized or used to seeing white people have certain hairstyles that might not be of a white hairstyle or, you know, black people, uh, you know, having sort of, I don't know, whatever. But... If an Asian kind of steps out, if, if the Asians don't kind of match the stereotypes, then it's kind of like, oh, you know, stay in your lane. Asians aren't supposed to play basketball. Asians aren't supposed to, you know, be as good as he is. You know, Asians aren't meant to make the NBA. Um, he's kind of defied all these kind of stereotypes. Of course, he did go to Harvard, so that is one stereotype that's true. Um, but, you know, Jeremy Lin is, is different, and I, I guess he kind of did become a... He kind of did get the vitriol for like a lot of the stereotypes and uh, Asian jokes and stuff for a long time, right? Because of insanity, um, all the racist, not racist, but I guess insensitive posters that kind of mocked his Asian heritage and, and stuff like that. Like 
that all came out. People were weren't happy with it. People, I mean, I, like I thought it was kind of in good fun, like calling him the Yellow Mamba and stuff like that. Like I don't know, some of that is kind of fun. Some of it is punny, you know. Some of it is 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 pushing off fine line, but ultimately, you know. It, we have to embrace. We have to embrace Asian culture too. You know, you have to embrace and look at the light side of things as well. You know, like it can't all just be derogatory or insensitive. We we have to be able to joke as well with one another. Um, but you know, I'm going. Be, I think we're going past the point. I think right. What what is happening right now is basically unspeakable. Uh, tying people to a pandemic that has nothing to do with them. Let's stick together, especially at this point in time. We need to all stick together, okay? Only then can we defeat the white masters. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Asians and blacks need to unite, okay? Unite! Jesus Christ. Jerry West needs to go! So dark. Okay. <laughs> dark, dark turn. I'm not... <laughs> I take that back. I don't know what I'm, I'm talking about. resigning. <laughs> Please don't leave me. <laughs> I love all people, including white people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let let's switch let's let's switch gears. We need to talk about the All Star Game. Okay, there's a bit of drama that I'm hearing from my sources. As you know, I have sources around the NBA, and I'm hearing from them that there's potential the All Star Games may be canceled? Question mark. What do you think, Kay? Uh, nah. It's not going to happen for money reasons. Why are you disrespecting my source? What are you saying about Jimmy Butler? Are you saying Jim, Jimmy Butler cannot be trusted? <laughs> well, Jimmy Butler is not, he's not even in the All Star games. He probably wants to see it canceled. Okay, good, point. good point. Look, I, just, I don't know. I think it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic that they'll cancel it. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm not liking where this is headed because. We know a number of top players have already said that they're not feeling the All-Star game. And I would not be surprised that closer to the All-Star game, we're going to see players like LeBron, like Giannis, say, look, um, I'm going to rest this nagging injury I have. Yeah, LeBron I could see, especially now that KD's out. Um, I don't know who replaces him as the captain, but we know that Jason Tatum is taking the starting starting spot. And Zabonis has taken um, the reserve spot, I suppose. Um, we also got Devin Booker replacing AD, who's also uh, out with an injury. Um, I mean, those are injuries, right? So yeah, maybe there's some guys that are kind of sitting out for a rest, like a LeBron, like a Giannis, like a Chris Paul, who's you know been to the All Star more than ten times in his career, and is probably like, okay, well, I don't need to go now and during a pandemic. Um, a lot of the veterans, like Kawhi. Poor George, I could see sitting out. I think maybe where it comes down to is uh, the younger players might get a chance. You're going to see a lot of reserves. But yeah, I mean, like how many of the top stars, like how many starters can sit out until they, until Adam Silver's like, okay, we've got to call it off then because no one is hyped to play this game and there's going to be a bad product. That doesn't sound like an all-star day game. That sounds like the sophomore rookie challenge. That's a good call. I think early March they draw the teams or, you know, they'll vote. I don't know if Katie's still choosing. I don't know how that would work because he'll be sitting out or obviously he isn't going to Atlanta. Um, so whether he's involved in any uh, variety, um, you know, it's to be seen, I guess. Let's keep this moving. The Utah Jazz. 
Simple question. Do you believe in the Jazz? I don't really mark a team by how successful they are in the regular season, right? We've seen it. Dallas Mavericks against the We Believe Warriors team. Yeah, like how did that turn out? Um, how I mark a good team is, do I think this team uh, can lose a series in seven games? Can Do I think the makeup of this team currently as is, like in current time, uh, do I feel like they could lose in seven games? And... The Jazz, to me, yeah, I think they're quite vulnerable to the Lakers, the Clippers, to the Bucks, even, especially to the Nets. I think there's a lot of teams that can beat them. So, no, I can't say they're the best team. The Boston Celtics, tell me what's happening. The Celtics, uh, Marcus Smart is out. Kemba Walker isn't playing well. Jason Tatum uh, isn't leading this team as he should be. Jason Brown, uh, Jalen Brown, sorry, uh, isn't, isn't playing well offensively. Um, this team is under 500 at the moment, and they got two All Stars. I think it's I don't know, a, not isn't the team's not balanced, especially with Marcus Smart out, and with Kemba Walker. I think when Kemba Walker came in, he was meant to be the veteran. He was meant to be the guy to steady the ship. He was the guy that uh, would give you the points when you needed the points. Unfortunately, he hasn't been the same player as he was, and and that puts more the onerous on Jason Tatum and he hasn't provided the points either and you know th this is where they are they're losing against teams like the Pelicans and um, the Wizards and stuff you know they really hit the jackpot with those two young stars Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum but unfortunately they kind of struck out on everything else whether that's getting Kyrie and letting Kyrie go whether that's getting Gordon Hayward and having him injured, whether that's uh, signing Kemba Walker, but having a Kemba Walker that's very injury prone, and we don't know how that's going to work out, whether or not that's uh, having yeah, lots point. of first round draft picks, but those picks not converting. And they're in a very mm. strange and difficult situation in the sense that, yes, you do like a team with two young stars, but at the same time, you don't have the luxury to just be a meddling team because, you know, quickly in a couple of years, these new players are going to be up for contract and you need to be able to show them that you're constantly competing in the, uh, in the East. We talked about this like two years ago. You have to strike where the iron's hot. And this team was making the NBA Eastern Conference finals with rookies, right? And it seemed like the sky's the limit with this team. If they were able to add an AD or an old superstar level player um with you know Kyrie gone at that point um that's it like this team is made this team is going on the fast track to the finals um it's, with AD even they got rid of Jalen Brown like that definitely was the case but this is the thing where these teams overvalue the young players Jalen Brown was way overvalued he was considered untouchable even Carl Kuzma like you know I, I this is not the Boston Celtics but Carl Kuzma on the Lakers was deemed untouchable by the Lakers in the, in the Anthony Davis trade. And that's crazy because Anthony, Kyle Kuzma is regressed to a point where he, he might be released, at this, not released, but he's definitely a guy on the trade block at this, at this point. He's not helping out the team being like the fifth leading scorer on the Lakers. Anyway, my point is, uh, with especially with Danny Ainge and the Celtics, you had the boatload of first round picks. You had... Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, if you know whichever one you wanted to anchor with, and probably it would be Jalen Brown on the trade block more likely. Uh, you had 
you know, Marcus Smart up, up, up for trade. You had Gordon Hayward possibly up for trade. You had all these, all, and Al Horford possibly up for trade. You had all these kind of players you could move around and you had the flexibility of your roster to build it how you want with some superstar players that could come in via trade or free agency. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate they couldn't make it work. I mean, me being a Nets fan, I'm, I'm glad that it didn't work for them. It's a bit of karma for taking oh, advantage God. Of an, immigrant, of an immigrant coming to America, trying to learn the ropes of running a basketball team. <laughs> the only team. person they took advantage of was Billy King and Bobby Marks. They, they spread them out on the table and yeah, the entire yeah. Boston front office had their way with them. Oh, Jesus. Billy King was Jesus. a black, was a proud black man. They had their way with them. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, they they did scorched earth on the net on the nets, and 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 then and then had we had to rely on Sean Marks coming in, you know, re-sowing this the ground or however you know however you plant seeds in like barren salted earth. Oh, they they planted their seeds <laughs> on Billy King, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay, I take that back. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that the nets had talent they had young talent they got deandre russell they had um uh, jared allen and Karis lavert and you know what they said look we're building we're in the business of winning we're in the business of building championship teams and as great as the culture we've created with 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 jared and Karis and d'angelo uh guys that made all stars guys that should be all stars in the future uh, look, we're not looking for the future. We're not, we don't win championships because of the future or how many draft picks you have. We win championships by building the best team right now uh, to compete. And that's what we have. We have Kyrie Irving and we have, you know, and the rest, I don't even know the names, but Kyrie Irving and, and rest is, is good enough for me. We've covered many topics, but I think it's appropriate now that we end it with the Brooklyn Nets talking about the Nets and Kyrie, former Boston Celtic. Kyrie is the best player. At this very moment, Kyrie is the best okay, player on this okay. team. Just, just calm down. Just calm down. Can you give some props to Kyrie, let me, please? Let me just, Can you give some props okay. to Kyrie? Let me just step back because this is a topic that you actually are the expert. I don't know the Nets like you do. There was a lot of disrespect from prominent podcasters, prominent writers around the league who was disrespecting the Nets big time, okay? To the point where some of those experts were saying, were questioning whether the Nets could make it to the playoffs. They could make it to the playoffs with James Harden. I mean, the obvious thing, and, and I guess they're backtracking too because a lot of those same pundits and writers are now penciling James Harden as one of the people that should get MVP consideration. Uh, he's doing it fairly quietly. He's not like getting the same uh, numbers for points wise, but he's leading the league in assist. And people credit him for the Nets' current success because he's the guy that has taken the sacrifice um, and and taken on a new role and become the guy that needs to be the point guard, the kind of guy guy that is willing to pass the ball. Um, and, and facilitate and be actually like, you know, primary facilitator with the ball. Kyrie Irving and James Harden when, you know, because they went into the entire West Coast trip where 
it was just them two playing for the most of the time. I think KD played a couple of games during that West Coast trip, but it was mostly just James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving said to James Harden, you're the point guard. You're playing point guard now. I'm the shooting guard. And these are roles going forward. But you know what? Like since since that, <laughs> Did he tells Steve Nash he was going to play uh, James Harden as point guard. In all in all seriousness, we'll get to Steve Nash in a sec. But I, after that after that conversation, they've been undefeated ever since. The, the way the the thing I give Steve Nash credit for, and you know, you can talk about the players because you know the whole thing about Kyrie, where he said off seasons, like I can be coached sometimes, you can be coached sometimes. To me, I didn't take that like on a night-to-night basis where someone was wearing a coaching hat and a suit. You won't see like Katie wearing a suit, like strolling the sidelines, like calling timeouts. Like it wasn't that literal, right? It was saying like, we need to do this as a committee. It's, it's, it's we, you know, it's not just on Steve Nash to be the head coach and be the guy that's drawing the plays up and doing it. This is a... This is the only way we're going to win a championship is if we collaborate together and we win as a committee and, and you know, build on those things as a committee. Um, but where I give Steve, Steve Nash credit is um, this defense was horrendous, right? And you can also look at Mike D'Antoni and Jacques Vaughn for this success as well. But now they're a bit average, like average in the league in defense. And if you pair like elite, elite, all-time great offense that features James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD, like, you just get, never get tired of saying that. With an average defense, they're going to blow teams out of the water, and that was evident with, with now, without KD playing teams like the Suns, playing teams like the Clippers, playing the Lakers, uh, all done without KD. And they were able to manage a pretty uh, respectable average defense along with that. So... You know, with KD, that's just a net positive for me. Like, with KD coming back, he doesn't interrupt anything. He can literally just sit on the elbow, sit out on the three-point line and just catch shots, uh, catch passes and and just shoot. He doesn't have to do anything else. If you even dare to guard KD one-on-one or give him space, that is an automatic basket. You know what I mean? Like, KD is so versatile that he can play off the ball, he can play away from the ball, he can just cherry pick, he can play deep, he can play just, play just purely defense. He can do so many things on the court that you don't even have to involve him in the game plan and the ball's going to get to him because he's that good, you know what I mean? So, um, I, you know, for me, seeing the current run, seeing the unbeaten run right now, seeing them play in the West Coast, which is usually a very tough, uh, trip for any team that goes um, cr- uh, cross country. Um, seeing them do that without Katie, seeing just seeing how K- uh, Harden and Kyrie uh, coexist, I think that was really important to the future of this team going forward and into the playoffs. And yeah, I think, and also Steve Nash, give him credit for how he's adapted this team uh, to play defense and to play together and be selfless. Let's talk brass tacks now. How far is this team going to go with KD? KD's coming back. KD's coming back. What's your expectation? This team with KD is championship, man. It's championship or bust. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone knows that it will be a disappointment if they don't make the finals, let alone win the cha- like and win the championship. Maybe winning the championship is the floor. Oh, sorry, winning and making the finals is the floor, and maybe people can stomach it, and even like those guys in Brooklyn can stomach it. 
but we all know like let's get real like they're 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 like all in on winning a championship they're doing everything it takes they they sold out the young players they they put spencer dinwiddie on the trade block there is no future in in brooklyn we know didn't we know super teams don't last very long tradition like historically they only last like a few years at most three four years at most uh so this is a short time frame and these guys are in the 30s so you know we need to see results fast I hope it's championship in year one. Well, what do you see? What do you kind of- I'm not going to predict championship because I want LeBron James to win the championship. But at this point... Okay, let's talk about the only team that you probably think could beat them in a seven-game series, which is the Lakers, right? The, how many games do you think uh, the Lakers will win um, with a healthy AD? It could go seven. I think Kyrie will be extremely motivated. I think Harden will be totally unlocked at that point. So I think they'll be well-rested, and I think KD at that point will be so hungry, and the chip is already within reach, that KD is going to elevate again. And I'm going to be monitoring the Nets more. Before, it was a cute story. It was a nice story. Um, I just didn't believe all the haters when they said that the Nets are a disaster. Couldn't make, maybe might not even make the playoffs. Could blow up. I just didn't believe that. But at this point, it's, not, it's getting a bit dangerous for a LeBron fan like myself. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think there'll be a bit of rust as well. Maybe AD coming back with injury. So hopefully AD can come back a few months before the playoffs start. Or Okay, listeners, we have gone very long today. There's a few other uh, minor topics that we'll get to. And I think we'll just uh, save them for next week, including David Griffin. I want to know how much fun he's having in New Orleans. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that so next week, we'll talk about okay. David Griffin. We'll yeah. talk about how much fun he's having in New Orleans. <laughs> Until until next time, dear listeners, please stay safe and don't use the C word on the Asians like Kane have. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to Your NBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your NBA Podcast.